Welcome to the Creative Curmudgeon. Today, I will be speaking with poet and professor Paris Wesslin. Paris, thank you for joining me today. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, do you have something that you would like to read to start us off? Yeah, let me. Um, so it's a shorty, a little short one, but um, from my most recent uh, collection of poetry, um, I have a poem that is called Key Lime. That is my favorite um, of maybe even of the whole work. Um, and I actually put this together like right after making um, a key lime pie. And so I think the whole experience of making that pie and then making a reflective little bit of work um, after that is why um, it's my favorite. But okay, I'm going to read it now. Key lime. Longevity pie. Each lime zested, each lime squeezed. Each second, I do nothing but what needs to be done. And by the end, there's nothing left to do. That's the key. That that was that was wonderful. Thank you so much for for sharing that. I'm uh, I'm reading it. I'm reading along with it since I have the the ebook version of it, and I, I noticed that the last line is like way down. How there's yeah. like the traditional stanza breaks, and then the last line that is the key is like much further down. What goes into a decision like that? Um, for me, it's kind of thinking. Uh, I want the reader to, um have that pause um especially for this work that's about um slowing down and taking your time and um like kind of i mean forcing doesn't sound nice but making the reader take that same pause while they're reading um for me felt like that's a way to have them do the thing I'm talking about doing. Um, like you don't have to make a key lime pie to get in that kind of um, that do nothing state, I guess, just mm -hmm. like letting each thing fall into place. Um, but I wanted to have a way for the reader to be experiencing that um, similar to my experience of putting that pie together I guess um and I so I was thinking a lot about that slowing down um spirit I guess while I was um doing each one of those steps um and there is a type of sweet condensed milk um, that's the brand is longevity. And there's like this uh, like very elder style um, Asian man on the front that um, like I'm trying to remember, but I feel like he's got like big earlobes and um like round face and it's just looking very benevolent and um 
when I was putting the pie together, I was thinking about the longevity, longevity, sweet condensed milk. And was like, damn, I want to be like the longevity, sweet condensed milk guy. Like he is, you can tell he's like auspicious and he's calm and he's just sweetening everyone's day. Like, um, so yeah, I think there was a lot of, uh, stuff going on while I was um putting the pie together and the poem together too that I want for the reader to be able to experience and feel that's awesome did that like and and just I guess with your poems in general does that sort of thing occur to you after the fact or do you more often go into it being like this is going to be kind of an analogy for this um so I think it depends with that one, it was very intentional um, because I was being, I was really being reflective about, um, about that process. Um, and I was also in a phase where I was really into doing everything the long, slow way. So um, I was making that pie. I had just started like baking uh, sourdough bread and that fucking takes forever. Um especially when you're somewhere like Portland where um, I mean, it's not like freezing cold, but at the time it was pretty cold and you need things to be like warm um, when you're trying to get yeast to rise. And so I had um, been doing a lot of things like that with baking where it just takes a lot of time and a lot of waiting um, and a lot of like starting over Um so I was already being really reflective about this, like needing to take time to slow down and allowing yourself to start over. And I wanted to be writing things that were reflective of that. Um, there's another poem in this collection that is um, about buying a hand grinder for my coffee Um because that's like another thing that I did instead of using my regular electric grinder or like it broke. And instead of buying another electric grinder, I bought a hand grinder um, that is like um, uh, slows you down one because you're using your hands to grind the coffee, but two, there's so much less space for you to be grinding coffee. So um, instead of like, a big grinder where you can empty out the whole bag and press the button and it grinds all of the beans. You're having to like slow down and take the bag apart bit by bit and grind the coffee down. So um, there's another poem that is very similar to Key Lime that's about this grinder and um, like that act of when you are in a society like the one that we're born into, um, being American, that is very like, the rat race is just regular. And um, everything is a commodity and everything needs to be done fast. Um, forcing yourself to slow down is, um, I, I feel like it's a magical act. Um, mm -hmm. And so there are a couple of pieces that are about that 
explicitly and on purpose because I was very in a very um, reflective state. And then there are other works that are just like, I just hear it and I write it. And then later I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's about this, I think. And that's pretty cool. Um, but most of my work is just kind of fleeting inspiration and less um, thought out like the key lime pie one and the grinder one. Um, I think, I think I like those meditative works better though. Um, like I feel like they're more mine and less. Um, like once you think out more in advance. Yeah. You like better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that this reminds me of that I've been thinking about lately, and maybe this is this this seems to apply to like your writing, if I'm if I'm understanding this correctly. I've been watching the new Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> and there's I've I've been noticing much more so than I was a kid. I've been noticing like the uh the sort of like minimalism to it as far as like the subjects that are like actually tackled, as opposed to most like a lot of TV shows, a lot of books, et cetera, movies where it's like telling the story of some like seemingly grand adventure versus like telling a story that seems like very uh, uh, focused on like just like something in like everyday life or whatever, but like just like really like expanding on that. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of getting the sense that that's like where you're coming from a lot of, a lot of the time. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's totally, that's totally, totally true. I really like, um, I have a, like, little collection of um, short stories that is, like, unfinished, but the um, theme of those stories is uh, all about making, um, like what parts of our mundane, like everyday lives are um, special, I guess. Um, and like, there's one story that is like, it's just about a guy who wakes up late and goes to Fry's to get a Totino's party pizza for breakfast. And that's the whole story is he's just going to get some frozen pizza for breakfast and um but I really like uh writing it like it is this journey and he's breaking his fast and there's a specific like beauty to him just wanting some gross frozen pizza for breakfast mm -hmm. that I think um you know that's such a a regular everyday thing um and I was really into like how do you capture those those everyday very normal we're doing them all the time things um in in a way that not like making something unique and special that isn't but in a way that's like each moment that you have is a moment that matters, even if you are doing something that's mundane. Um, so I am, I am really into that. Um, yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And I started thinking about that even a lot more uh, when the, when the pandemic started, as far yeah. as just like, 
okay, so now that, you know, life is this, what can I take from these kind of experiences? Because even when I, you know, would go out more and have more adventurous activity or whatever, like if my head isn't like in the space for that or whatever, like it doesn't matter. Yeah, totally. I, um, I think the pandemic, I mean, that's still going on, right? Like it's still, it still exists, but that moment of the pandemic, that the first like year or two, um, we were in, I don't know how to express it right, but I feel like we were in such a special moment, like, obviously it's tragic and there are a lot of people that have died and um it was a scary time like especially um socially with we've got this crazy um illness that's harming people and then we've got all of our um american police brutality stuff that's going on it's all firing off on all cylinders um So that was very not fun. But the thing that I think was really special was we were at this like precipice where the way our society functions could have totally shifted and really allowed for people to um, like consider their mental health with their job and be like, I need to take this time off and um, like make space between yourself and your job and also still have the ability to live and pay for things and um you know like rent caps being a thing that were happening and pausing evictions and pausing the uh, student loans like there were all of these things that were really like cogs being put in place to make our society one that functions in a way that's more equitable and conducive to um, like being a happy person. And then Mm -hmm. something happened where the majority of us were like, wait, no, I I just want to go back to the office and actually let's take all of our masks off and let's just do everything the way that we've been doing, even though that really sucked. Um, because I'm, I don't know, maybe there were too many people having to sit with themselves and maybe that sitting with yourself and realizing like, oh, a lot of the friendships that I have are, they're not standing up to this pause, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so now even my family that, um, when everything is convenient and easy for us to get together and make community and whatever. Um, When it's easy, I feel very connected and loved. And when it's not easy, now I'm all alone. And Mm -hmm. so I'd rather have things go back to the way that they were than figure out how can I move through this feeling of being isolated and alone? And how do we make community in this way? Um, so, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. There's definitely a lot of resistance to just like imagining things in new ways, unless you like absolutely have to, yeah, 
Um, so yeah, no, that, that, uh, that totally makes sense. And it's a, it's a huge bummer. Um, I could go, I could go into that for a while. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, so a lot of there, there's like a, a chunk of the work that was written at like the beginning of that pause too. Um, and so it was like, there's this societal pause that's happening. And then I was also pregnant and that even if society is not pausing, that really forces you to slow down and take a pause because eventually physically you just can't do stuff that you would regularly do down to like, I can't fucking tie my shoes by myself, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so, um, the work that I have that is really reflective and like a, um, like meditative in that way. Um, I, those are my, those are my favorites, I guess. How long, like beginning to end, like what was your oldest poem in this collection versus like your most recent one? Um, My most recent one would be written um, in like 2021-ish. And then the oldest is um like 2016 so I think it's like a five-year um is that five years five or six year chunk of time um and at initially when I was putting that the work together I was just including everything like everything that I had written in that five-year time and it was a really thick book Um, and then I was like, honestly, I don't, a lot of these, I don't even really like, and I feel like I felt pressured to put them in there so that I would have enough, um, to send to a publisher for it to even be like considered being published. Um, and then I was just kind of like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to pick the ones that I actually really like and, um I'm gonna publish it myself the way that I want it to be and um have that season um like end out that season that way um I think no I think the last one would be 2020 maybe the end of 2020 because I I feel like I wasn't fully a mom yet and um a lot of it for me is making this transition from like okay I'm an adult now and I'm paying for all my own stuff and I live on my own and I'm a real adult to like stepping out of I'm an adult and I'm figuring out how to take care of myself and stepping into I'm an adult and now I'm responsible for keeping this other person alive. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I wanted to kind of commemorate like the end of um, being an adult by myself um, so that 
all of the work that I have moving forward is focusing on this new journey of like what it is like to be responsible for um like another living being because I also I like don't have pets and things like that so this is a new um a totally new phase of like oh I have to really consider this other person with everything that I do yeah no that totally that totally makes sense how give or take how many poems did you have total that you picked from um I picked from like I think there were like 200 that I was looking at and there were about a hundred that I was putting into a book um, like solely for the purpose of it being a hundred pages. I like mm-hmm. was like, we'll use a hundred. That's like, it's more than 78 less than, you know, whatever the requirements are for um poetry book hardcover poetry book from whatever publishers um and we'll do we'll do a hundred and then I was just looking through and was like so many of these are just not they deserve to stay in a diary you know (laughs) like they don't need to be something that um other people read and so now it's boiled down to, I think, um, shoot, in between 30 and 40, I mm-hmm. think, in there. Um, and those are, some of them are previously published, um, like in different um literary zines online and then there were a couple that were published in poetry magazines like in print um but they were all ones that I was sending out to be published um in different zines and I was just like I want all of these to be together and be like just this nice little package um, that I think is really representative of that time, that five-year span in my life um, where I was like, I had just um, come out of a pretty bummer relationship um, that at the time was like my longest one and the first one where I like lived with a partner um and that person um creatively really fun but as far as like how they treat their partners not very fun um and at least at that time really struggled with alcoholism and like just being nice so um I was like coming out of that and um moving into my own home space creating my own home and then leaving phoenix to like officially be living in portland and um starting to date my 
now husband, dad of my two kids. Um, so it was a lot of like a lot of shifting was happening um, in like what I wanted for my life and what my values were and like how I valued myself also. Um, and I feel like I wanted to do that time in my life justice um, by making a little book about it. I'm uh, working on a chat book right now uh, where I'm trying to put together somewhere between like 20 and 30 poems, but I'm picking from like a lot more than that. Like probably somewhere between 150 and 200 is what I've like written in the last like three years or so. And I'm trying to get in the mindset more of just like those things having like stuff that I don't put out into the world, having as much value as stuff that I try to put out into the world, just because the experience being the same for like me, as far yeah. as like writing it or whatever, but it is hard. Is that a struggle for you at all? Where like this thing that you uh, wrote that you're not putting out into the world, that it kind of like doesn't seem to be as much of a value as like stuff that you are putting out or does, does that not apply no I think that totally applies I feel like um sometimes I feel a little I don't know if guilt is the right word but where it's like why aren't I going as hard for these works as these other ones mm -hmm. um and I think that uh, for me, I just had to get in the mind state of like, it's okay to have favorites and it's okay to have ones that you think like, like not that all of the work that I put out for myself isn't important or special, but these particular ones I feel like are so special for me that someone else might resonate with those things. Because the ones that I really work to put out in some way are ones that I think are more reflective of um, like more like more universal kind of struggles. Um, and the ones that I keep to myself or that I... Um, yeah, I guess keep to myself is fine. The ones that I keep to myself are usually, um, they're ones that feel more like, uh, I mentioned this earlier, them like feeling more like diary work. And I think there are just some parts of your diary that it's okay to keep that intimate, you know. So you, um, so you, so you kind of like do that and like you think about that in advance, like when you start to write a poem that you think is going to be like just for you like you kind of like know that going into it um no I think initially I feel like everything I'm gonna put out and then when it comes time to sit down and do it I'm like mm, I this one I feel like should stay for me um and um so I don't I don't know what the rhyme or reason is for it I think it's just like a gut feeling um and then also like wanting things to kind of match um like stylistically or thematically 
um I want things to flow together in a way that's cohesive and there's some work that I have that just doesn't feel like that mm-hmm. um and that I'm like well maybe that could be for something else like it's not for this but maybe it could be a different thing um I've been trying to put together a bunch of haikus lately and um my thought with those is like when I'm like, okay, I'm done writing haikus now. Whenever that is, I want to like figure out, okay, are there certain themes that these haikus are falling under? And can I put out like a chat book of these haikus that are about this theme, these haikus that are about this theme? Um, how can I chunk them together so that they feel more like a complete work than these little bits of individual blurbs um and if I can put them together in a way that thematically feels concise then I'm okay with leaving things out I guess so it's something that like you kind of can consider later like you're looking at complete work and you're being like or you know a bunch of poems together and then thinking like oh actually this is what kind of like jumps out what is yeah, the what is the theme for your uh your recent release? Um so the theme for Navel of the Moon is um it's like uh coming of age, I guess is the theme, which is a little weird because I know that I'm old, but like not super elder old, but like I feel like when people talk about coming of age stories, it's usually like teenagers. Um, but I don't think that's totally reflective of a lot of people's experiences. I feel like a lot of people, even if they're on their own as a teenager, there is just something that's different about turning 30, you know, like, and, um, like I have heartburn now and my back oh, hurts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like it's just yep. a totally like like oh this this is being an adult for real. Mm-hmm. Like me turning 18 and then me turning 21 and being able to like drink at bars, that's not it. Yeah. But go for me that that season from being like 25 to 30 I feel like I feel like those are my for real formative years and figuring out what my values are and what my goals are and especially my values in that like what do I want to instill in some other person Mm -hmm. Um, you know because if I'm a mom that means that I'm supposed to be having these learning experiences with my kids and so coming into my own figuring out what my what my core values are that I would want to pass on to someone um that's what I was doing in that chunk of time between 25 and 30 and so navel of the moon the theme is figuring that out I guess um, that 
coming of age from 25 to 30 that it's it seems like a lot of people have that um shift between those years um yeah no that makes sense or or even older like i've i've talked with older people where it seems like they have said you know i've i've when i was younger i talked with older people who said you know that they started figuring themselves out in their 30s and like now i've talked with like older people than me who have talked about right coming yeah. of age like like uh did you ever uh did you ever meet space alien donald i didn't but you know you know of him mm-hmm. yeah i yeah. know of him so it was it was really surreal uh when he died looking through like old photos um because he was pretty like straight laced for like the first like half of his life he just looked like a normal dude and it wasn't until his 40s or like later that he kind of got like he just kind of like got fed up with uh being this non version of himself and then just said fuck it and then that's when he started getting like weird <laughs> but like i've thought about that a lot yeah. as far as like how there seems to be like an age limit it seems where it's like you know there's formative years where you're supposed to like get your shit together and like but yeah. like i agree with you that seems very inaccurate for how life actually is for most of us totally i think life is um it's not linear in that way of like okay i'm born and now i'm a kid and now i'm a teenager and now everything's figured out and i'm an adult um i think that those puberty you have you have like that physical puberty right but i think that that essence of puberty is something that is like a reoccurring thing and you're having to like figure out who you are in social spaces um because your life just adjusts and you end up in new places and it's like there are times that being in Portland feels like being in high school all over again. Hmm. Um, and there are so many like. Just because it's like clicky or. Yeah, there's like clicky stuff. There's the clicky scene stuff and like. um, What the in people of the scene are doing and the in vogue bars to be at and trying to, you know trying to fit in I guess and I found myself again being like "Mm, I'm like not gonna fit in actually Mm -hmm. and I'm not gonna like what I thought was what I wanted and what was gonna be fun actually isn't fun and feels very empty and lonely and I want to do stuff that's gonna make me feel full you know Mm -hmm. um so I've been with that work I was really coming into this this like second puberty I guess like and going through it and now that I'm out of it I'm like yeah let's put that together um so all of the poems are things that I was writing when I was going through that um second puberty thing or maybe some people call that your um your Saturn return my my Saturn returned during the composition of those works. Um, If, oh, hi, son. You have a balloon? Very cool. What's, yeah, what's what's the balloon like? This, he's got a, so 
Axel just came into this little office uh, computer room zone, and he's got a shiny metallic gold balloon. I got a what? shiny gold balloon. It's a shiny gold balloon. That's yeah. awesome. Very cool. Do you want to go take it to your papa? I bet your papa wants to see it. No, you want to throw it? We're talking about writing. And we're talking about poems. Do you know poems? Poems? Like Cat in the Hat? Yeah. Do you know how that goes? Yeah. Can you recite it? Yeah. Do it. Cat in the Hat. Very, good job. Awesome. Very Great job. Good. Very good. Do you want to go see Papa? No. No? Okay. Well, are you going to hang out while we talk about writing? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. You can hang out. Um, I was, I was going to say, uh, it, it's interesting that you bring up like clickiness in Portland and whatnot. Cause I've, I've often thought like when I watch like old, like high school movies or whatever, like my actual high school experience, like there was like a couple of like clicks of like, you know, subcultural kids or whatever, like punk, yeah. goth, like whatever, but it was like in the suburbs and like mostly like not that. And I thought about how me directly relating to like high school movies about like popularity hierarchy like i can relate to that more based on my experiences in my 20s when i started becoming part of like the uh phoenix musical community or whatever much more so yeah. than like actual like high school clicks or whatever so that totally makes sense yeah i have that ex same that same experience of like how am i how am i this adult person or supposedly this adult person that these high school movies are um I'm resonating with them so deeply. Are there any closing thoughts? Any anything else you want anybody to know about that you're working on or life in general? Um, ooh, that I'm working on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um the poetry collection um is a part of my new budding um baby publishing company and um i have a project that i am trying to put into the works um that is a year long um i don't know what the right word is for it i guess art anthology um that there will be publications that are released on the fall equinox, winter solstice, spring equinox, summer solstice, this, you know, next upcoming cycle of equinoxes and solstices um, that have visual and text-based art, whether it's poems, vignettes, short stories, um, and then visual art like drawings, digital art, um, photographs, whatever, that are all um, exploring the theme of comfort um, and how we create comfort and coziness for ourselves and our communities. And um, so I have a call, a call for submissions right now of anyone that if you ever uh, find yourself feeling comfy, cozy, and want to join in a year-long conversation of getting comfy cozy 
in a world that's very not comfy or cozy, um, send your work to me, please. And I'll put I'll put it in a book. And and where where did you say one should submit this to? Oh, submit it to my email that is submissions at theglasshouse.com. Um and glasshouse is G-L-A-C-E-O-U-S-E. Um O-U-S-E? Like not H-O-U-S-E? H O ooh, H-O-U-S-E. Glass House. All right. Yeah. Yeah. G-L-A-C-E-H-O-U-S-E dot com. Submissions at the glasshouse.com. I'll get your submissions and um and I'll put them together in a book that's called um A Year of Hygge. That's I hope we'll flip through the pages and be like, wow, what a comfy, cozy, soft, delightful book that's the that's the goal yeah that sounds great all right well people do it you get get on get on it Sub- submit your work get on it do it submit it to me please um paris weslin thank you so much for for uh for talking to me today thank you for having me this podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please consider setting up a small monthly donation at patreon.com backslash the creative curmudgeon, or consider making a one-time donation at venmo.com backslash the creative curmudgeon. Until next time, so long.